ye, hear ye. It's time for the Sports King Show on 1061 ESPN. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, His Highness, Jamie King, the Sports King. I better slow down. I might pull something and string back. Who knows? Thanks, Alan. Give me a little bit of something there. Thought you might go with a little Luther Vandross. Something this morning, uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, something from the Motown era. But no, uh, I love it. I love what you're doing, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing the limits, man. We've got all the way up to 1990 today. I'm excited. Oh, man. <laughs> wait till I talk to your mother. Wait wait till she hears from me. Anyway, everybody, welcome into Sports King Show far and wide, coast to coast. Thank you for joining us. And for those of you in California that get up and listen to this show, I love you. I really love you. Thank you so much for that. And uh, folks from Seattle, Washington, and uh, Sacramento, California, we appreciate you. And, of course, everybody on the East Coast uh, in a time uh, that is much better to get up early and to get after it on this Thursday morning. We thank you so much. If you're just tuning in to the Sports King Show, I am alongside the – it's not James Harden, folks, please. Enough with the James Harden. It is the Sandman, Alan Sandage, uh, of course, Manning the controls. And let me say this, folks. Uh, you know, I give credit where credit's due. And, um, you know, one thing I want to point out is this young man has just really come in and uh, just taken over and done an amazing job. And, uh, you know, you've got so many people interacting now. You've changed so many things. And, uh, you know, you've got a very handsome man to work with every day, very intelligent, very talented. So it must make your job much easier, right, Alan? Right, Alan? Right, Alan? I, I went to sleep at 7 o'clock last night, so I'm glad that it looks okay. like I've got everything under control. Okay, well, it looks like you do. Anyway, things going great here at the Sports King Show. We thank all of you for joining us on this Thursday, December 7th. Um, Christmas right around the corner, uh, Hanukkah getting underway. Uh, we hope everybody uh, far and wide, and of course with all the conflicts out there, uh, you know, in the nation, folks, whatever side of the fence you're on and wherever you come from. And we see the commercials all the time about the, you know, stop the Jewish hate uh, or the Asian hate or the African-American hate or the Caucasian hate or the Italian, wh- whatever it is. Folks, here's the deal. I'm not a politician. I didn't stay in a Holiday Inn last night. Simple guy. 
and I just have simple views, but here's the deal. You know, if, if we just love one another and try to do our very best to get along, life is hard enough as it is. And you throw the hate component in there, and it gets even harder. So for what it's worth, uh, you know, Virginia's for lovers. We know that. Uh, that's what the slogan says. But uh, Alan's in Virginia. I'm in Florida. And just want to say this, you know, my wish, my prayer is that people could just live in harmony. I know that's it's very, uh, you know, easy thing to say, much harder to do. But, you know, it, it's just like... Be kind to one another. What if you didn't know where someone was from or the color of their skin or they're just looking at them as people and enjoy them as people and we could get along a lot better and have a lot more fun and uh, have a lot better world. Just a simple wish, Alan. And I want you to get on that today as soon as the show's over. Make that happen, will you? Make sure everybody's in harmony. <laughs> I'll try. Okay. Alan's going to be running for office. On this Thursday, December 7th, Juan Soto, overnight, uh, of course, the New York Yankees. The Yankees win. The Yankees win. They won. They got uh, Juan Soto. Under 25 years of age, of course, uh, back-to-back years with 30 home runs. Uh, A great move for the Yankees, who I thought would go out and get somebody big, and they did with Soto. Of course, he has tremendous pop. He's able to play great defense at times but offensively we know what he can do because the DMV saw him as we went to a world title with him I think he's going to help the Yankees in a myriad of ways he's definitely a power hitter he's definitely a contact hitter he's a clutch hitter Uh, he's a confident guy you know that and he's a guy that's going to add to that Yankees lineup which is already formidable but when you look at the likes of Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge all rise you throw Juan Soto in there with the other guys they have offensively Alan as you sip on your hot chocolate or coffee or whatever you have there what do you think about the deal? The thing about it is many people are saying, I don't know, maybe they give up too much. They give up seven players for one. Uh, I would say maybe four players would be good, but the Yankees gave up a boatload of players, and some people are saying maybe they didn't get the better of this deal. What do you think? If there's anything I dislike more than the Dodgers and the Cowboys, it's the Yankees, and I'm not all behind this move. I mean, it helps for sure offensively. He's going to do wonders uh, with the short porch and right field. But I don't know if it, like, bigger pitcher, they gave up a lot of young pitching, which is something that they struggle with anyway. And uh, defensively, like, you know, Giancarlo is not going to give them more than 70, 80 games that's already been determined by Cashman. And um, what do they do defensively? I I mean, at some point, Aaron Judge is going to start tailing off defensively as well as he gets older. Juan Soto's had plenty of issues, noted issues in right field, left field, um, I don't know if it's going to be the the grand signing that they think it will be, but there will be flashes at times where he's going to hit 45, 50 homers probably. Okay, so the Padres trade Juan Soto to the Yankees. This was late Wednesday night, so if you're just waking up, that happened. This is the second trade in less than 17 months. The 25-year-old outfielder who has established himself as one of the great hitters in our era right now is on his way to the Big Apple. The Yankees receive outfielder Trent Grisham, a nice player from the Padres, as part of a seven-player deal. San Diego received right-hander Michael King. Uh, Love the name, and he's a good pitcher. Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez, starting pitching prospect Drew Thorpe, 
and catcher Kyle Higashoka. And that guy, Higashoka, is a very nice uh, catcher. New York went in the offseason in search of two everyday left-handed hitting outfielders. They acquired him this week. On Tuesday, they completed a rare trade with the rival Boston Red Sox, acquiring Alex Verdugo in exchange for three pitchers. So the Yankees given up a lot, but Verdugo, you add him to the mix, and you add Soto to the mix. This is a nasty, uh, talented offensive lineup. As you said, they can beat anybody with their bats. The problem with the Yankees, if they don't shore up that bullpen and starting pitchers, uh, you got Garrett Cole and company, but if they can get another pitcher into that uh, lineup and keep teams equal or in a game for most nine-inning games, with that offense, you know is looking very good for folks in the Big Apple. Yeah, it's going to be a formidable lineup, and um, and I expect them to get back to the five, six runs a game type Yankees offense, you know. But, again, the, the pitching, man, and it's been it's been one of the – or, you know, the elephant in the room for them – for at least the last two to three years, they don't have a number two. Uh, we know what Garrett Cole can do, and then the bullpen's kind of falling apart, and then they don't have a lot of good prospects anymore because they just traded them. So it's, I just want to know what their other what their other solution will be. You can't just plug and play at pitching in baseball; it just doesn't work that way. Much like the Commodores in the DMV with Lionel Richie, if you don't have an offensive line, you can't win. We know that. Much like uh, the Yankees. Uh, if you can't pitch, you can't win. And so, as Alan just said, you can have all the hitting in the world, but if you can't stop the opposition from scoring, you got problems. So they've got to work on that. Left-handed pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez and the Diamondbacks reached a four-year $80 million deal, so that's a situation there. Uh, he opted out of the final three years of his deal with the Tigers. He went 13-9 and with a 3.30 ERA and 152 and two-thirds innings. So a lot of players being moved around right now. The biggest one so far, Soto, has been a huge signing for the Yankees. So there you go. Last night, some other news. Caitlin Clark from Iowa, who I absolutely love. I love the way she plays the game. I love the way she approaches the game. Uh, women's basketball is just off the charts in terms of the excitement. Uh, Angel Reese, of course, LSU, Caitlin Clark, these women have done so much to raise the specter of basketball for the ladies, and it's exciting to see. She became the 15th Division I player in women's history to reach 3,000 points for, his, for her career Wednesday night against Iowa State. She finished with 35 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, as the number four Hawkeyes won 67-58 to move to 9-1. and one. She becomes the first player in Division I women's or men's to record at least 3,000 points, 750 rebounds, and 750 assists. It said she, after the game, Clark said she was focusing more on the big rivalry, and she was excited about that 3,000-point plateau, but she wanted to get the win. She said it's special to do it here in front of family and friends. And, of course, she has done great throughout her college career. Six-foot senior guard, your thoughts on Caitlin Clark and this accomplishment? Caitlin Clark is is absolutely amazing. She's she's the definition of a baller. And I was going to give you another name to watch um, because at some point, Caitlin's going to move on to the next, to the next phase. USC's player? Y- yeah, player from, yeah, Juju Watkins, Juju man. Watkins. She is nasty, too. You know, it's a good thing there's no hardwood around in me and Caitlin Clark, and I get her in a half-court set. Uh, <laughs> she would dominate you. <laughs> she would? She okay. would. Well. She, she's, definitely, she's definitely a different brand of, of ball player. Until I take her to the basket and it's all over, I start twerking her. No, I guess not. The, the, minute, you miss, the minute you miss, you're done. Oh, I did want to ask you this. Uh, and Trey Clavis, uh, Trey Clavis, how about Clay Travis, the guy that owns uh, 
uh, one of the websites out there. Uh, it put up, on, I think, a million dollars for the WNBA uh, champions to play the top high school, one of the teams that he picks, because he's trying to show the disparity between women and men and why. Uh, and she, he said, hey, I'll take the top high school boys team, give them a million if they win, or give it to the WNBA winners if they win to show you that uh, how good the the boys are and why that they could beat the average or above average, in this case, WNBA team being the champion uh, team of the WNBA, the Aces. So I think somebody's putting that money up. It'd just be interesting to see the back and forth. And he's basically saying uh, no contest, where others are saying, wait a minute, you know, the top NBA team, a WNBA team could beat a high school team that's top. Uh, your thoughts on this uh, being put out there? Yeah, I, I mean, it depends on what team, obviously, that he picks. Because there are some some top high school teams with, with uh, basically borderline grown men <laughs> that are ballers. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not in, I'm not interested in stuff like that. I think we need to stop putting um, men against women and things like that. The women, their accomplishments in their sports should be respected. Uh, we don't do that to other men. We don't when a, when a when the NFL team wins a, a championship, we don't compare them to a rugby team. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like we don't we don't do that. But for some reason. It always seems like the talking heads want to to bring the accomplishments of female athletes down. And what I do is I look at I look at their peers. You don't see Steph Curry, LeBron, or any other legitimate basketball players uh, denouncing any accomplishment that a female basketball player has done. There's always they're always giving them praise, always supporting them, and I feel like we need to follow suit. Right. I mean. You can argue this and argue that all you want. Uh, the bottom line is women and their accomplishments should be uh, not only uh, rewarded but celebrated. Yeah. And I'm with you there 100%. I, I hate to see uh, this type of thing. I know what he's trying to accomplish in his own way. I guess it's his thing. But the bottom line is uh, the ladies deserve their own spotlight, their own opportunity. And with Title IX, Alan, my – my situation and feeling about this was so many folks out there with daughters who are just trying to earn their way, get their scholarships, uh, play well, be parts of teams. They put so much time and effort into it, like the young men out there, and they deserve to be celebrated, given credit, and uh, whatever scholarships or, or just getting on teams and contributing, uh, even going down to in, being in the band and things like that. I, and I said this as a coach. I said, whether it's the people that take the tickets at the front gate and when we won a national championship, one of the first things I said was not only the great players we have and the great staff we have, but, hey, you don't get by without people taking the tickets and the police that are there that are uh, keeping law and order and all of the different facets, people that clean up after the games. And I always – my mom taught me that very young. You know, make sure attitude of gratitude and the people – that uh, clean the wastebaskets and serve the food and everybody that does all the jobs that some people overlook, you can't win without them. Everybody matters. And sometimes people lose sight of, well, they're less than because they don't do this. But you know what? Everybody matters and every job matters and every championship that's won, uh, you have to have everybody from, you know, I remember the guys that opened the doors for our lockers and the guys that clean up afterwards and just and I always told our team, make sure you always say thanks and, and show some appreciation because without the people behind the scenes, you can't win. And I think any coach around here, if you took the Richmond coaches and VCU coaches and talked to them, uh, you know, the local coaches, Jamie Chadwell from Liberty, about the trainers and the people that keep your players healthy and tape your players and all that, you can overlook them all you want, 
but you can't, of course, live without them. These folks are so vital. So recognize them, celebrate them, and enjoy them. And that's one thing about it. Uh, you know, it's like I say about kickers. You know, my son was a, a top kicker back in the 2000 era. And, uh, you know, I always say this about kickers to every parent of kickers. And I tell coaches this the same thing. You never really need a kicker until you need a kicker. And then they become very important all at once. So there you go. Uh, and on this Thursday, uh, we've got a lot to get to, of course, tonight. And I'm a little salty about this. You know, you know, Sports King doesn't like the alternate channels. I like the I'm not so old that I like just CBS, ABC, NBC. <laughs> I'm not I'm not there. I'm not going to go back that far. But still, I like it to be on the channels. I like it to be on. Now we're going to go to this prime deal. Prime video tonight, 815 from Pittsburgh, the big former ketchup bottle, Accretion Stadium. This one tonight. This is a barn burner, folks. Listen to this lineup. You've got Bill Belichick, Mr. Excitement, Mr. Uh, Friendly, Mr. Uh, Bubbly, and his Patriot. Boy, can you imagine how salty this guy is? Two and ten, one and four on the road are the Patriots. Can you imagine how life is for this guy, how much he must be uh, just a joy to be around? For everybody to say in the whispers behind him, it's time for him to go, time for him to retire, time for him to get out of New England, and that everything you did throughout your whole career in terms of the big wins – was because of TB12. Now we know that's not true, uh, totally. But there, you know, where the, where the smoke, there's fire. But when they're a two and ten team, he's taking his group into Accretion Stadium, eight fifteen. The line is Pittsburgh minus six, and there'll be no Kenny Pickett due to the ankle surgery. It's going to be Mitch Trubisky. I'm not a buyer on this guy. I don't know what's going on. Mason Rudolph was there. Now it's Mitch Trubisky. Alan, uh, Rob, the old producer, used to say there's a degenerate special. This may be the degenerate special if you want to wager this one. I haven't seen the over-under yet, but let me go here. Um, Tonight's game, uh, we see the line is Pittsburgh minus six against the Patriots, and Bailey Zappi, I think, is going to be under center for them your preview of this game, the Steelers hosting the Patriots. Steelers 7-5 to have to win this to keep pace, and, of course, it should be a game they do win. I expect a low-scoring, boring game. Now I see it, the over-under 30-and-a-half. They must be playing Iowa. Anyway, <laughs> right. uh, Pittsburgh minus 6, 30-and-a-half. Tonight, 8-15 prime. You sit back and watch this. Allen, 34 fun-loving degrees in Pittsburgh this morning. Should be a cold one tonight after the sun goes down. Your thoughts on who wins and why? I'm backing my guy Zappy, man. I love me some Bailey Zappy. All right, folks. Phone lines open 804 <laughs> that? <laughs> uh Allen's riding with Bailey Zappy in the two and ten Patriots. He's saying, put your money down there. Your thoughts, folks, out there listening. Uh, you can put your comments, scroll them across the screen. Call in 804-327-0888. Do you ride with Alan, not James Hart? Alan, uh, the Sandman Sandage, says Bailey Zappi and his six, he's going to ride with them tonight on the 2-10 and 10 Patriots. Or do you go with Mitch Trubisky? Uh, give six with that guy. All right, here's my analysis of this. Uh, I cannot get behind Mitch Trubisky. I love me some Steelers. You know, that's my AFC team. I love to pull for them, root for them. While I think the Steelers win this game, as much as it pains me to say this, I think the six and the Patriots are going to hold up. I expect this to be 
13 to 10 variety. I, I can't see this going anywhere near the total. I think you've got two quarterbacks. They're going to give it up, give it up. If you like punts, punts will be on display tonight in Pittsburgh a lot. I just don't think Trubisky gets it going. Maybe he makes a play or two. Give me the Steelers. Let's look at this. 13 to 10 Pittsburgh. So the six and Bailey Zappi, I guess that will work tonight. Uh, stay away from the over-under. But dare I say the Patriots plus six? Come with me, Jamie. It's okay. Yeah, but, oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I like to get into it, but, man, I just can't. There's not much. Am, am I missing this? 804-327-0888. Is this game one of those beautiful things I'm missing and I should really enjoy? Because I like to sit down, and as we start the weekend uh, with one day away, I like to get excited on a Thursday night, and this one does not hit the mark for me. A 2-10 and ten team with Belichick, the clock ticking maybe on his career in in the New England. Meanwhile, Mike Tomlin, William and Mary's own, you got to root for him. And the Steelers, uh, 34 degrees, a cold one, a lot of running, a lot of uh, Najee Harris, a lot of ground attack, a lot of punts. I, I, I just can't get into this one, man. I really think that three points in you know the six overall, but the three-point win for the Steelers, they'll win it. They'll find a way, I think. But Zappy, you think, is going to go in there and make something big happen. Yeah, I'm going to put a little side change on the Patriots to win. Alan. I'm, I, hey, I'm feeling it, man. What's in your coffee this morning? Did you, did <laughs> Actually, you it's, it's tea and honey, and, and I'm feeling it, man. I, tea, I mean, honey, and what? That, do you have anything else in there? Uh, any hallucinogenic, anything like that? Just, uh, just some confidence. How about that? Confidence? Yeah. Look at this guy. <laughs> there you go, folks. On this Thursday, December 7th, the Sandman says it will be... Bailey Zappi, take him, the six, and he said, I'm even going to say, they may win outright. Sports King not going there. Go with the Steelers for the win. The Patriots backdoor cover. That's how I see it. We're going to take a break, come back, and your phone calls, much, much more. Think about that and either call in and chastise Allen for going all in on the Patriots or I'm ready with me on the Steelers. We'll talk to you right around the break. Be right back. You're listening to the guy that was once addicted to brake fluid. But please don't worry, he says he can stop at any time. It's the Sports King on 1061 ESPN. my flavor flavor by the way love me some flavor flavor you know what i actually made a mistake there that wasn't supposed to play again but um yeah it's it's great to see you jump around this is jump very, around. very entertaining is, what do you think this holiday season alan what do you think <laughs> uh, should i do the flavor flavor big clock would that be a good look or not yeah i mean any any time you can do flavor flavor i think it's a good look yeah 
See if you can get him on the line, by the way. Look, look, people are loving it. William people is, are loving William the sports is king with the big clock. Or maybe I should do the shirt off with the... No, uh, no, no, that's too far. That's too far. Well, you didn't let me finish. I was going to do the shirt off with the Kirk Cousins... Uh, no, it's still too far. The bling? The shirt off was too far. <laughs> Some of the female admirers may enjoy that. You may not, but... What's up, what's up with the beard, by the way? Your brother looks like he shaped it up a little bit? Or yeah, yeah. I, I told you I had to cut it down, man. Mom was not happy, so if mom's not happy, you got to... I was going to say this to you. It looks much shapelier, and uh, you're a handsome man to begin with, so let me say that. But uh, I think your brother did a great job, so give him some love there, and mom should be happy. For the holidays, it, it, it's great to see. Yeah, I can come home, and, and that's always a good thing. Okay. <laughs> so, Al, so Alan is shaping it up for the holidays. And, uh, folks, if you want me to do the shirtless with the Kirk Cousins deal, uh, it will cost you. We'll have to add our OnlyFans deal to that and maybe make some money uh, for the holidays for us. What do you think? I will not be uh, pr- production behind that. You won't? Okay. No. <laughs> hey, I just want to give the fans what they want. There you go. Or don't want in this case. Now, uh, this big article on ESPN by uh, – John Kime and uh, also Jeremy Fowler, they wrote this big story about uh, what went wrong with the commandos and when it went wrong and the lion's share of the credit and blame. And uh, they're talking about the development of Sam Howe. Yes, we've seen some flashes, but then last week you see him throw directly to a Dolphins uh, defensive linebacker for six, and you see some of the mistakes he's made. So sometimes with him it's been two steps forward, one step back, but I don't know. Uh, while I'll give Biennemi some credit on some days, uh, his approach at times, uh, you know, like Terry McLaurin not getting a single pass, a single ball in his hands last weekend in a 45-15 to 15 blowout loss. Uh, the secondary is an absolute joke. Uh, defensive back Benjamin St. Jews, uh, Forbes, uh, they're awful. Uh, the coaching's awful. So, uh, somehow you look at the players and say, are they that bad or is the coaching that bad? It could be a combination of both. But when you look at this commander's team, uh, Ron Rivera without a winning season since he's been here and it gets worse and worse and worse. And then he said after the Thanksgiving beatdown to the Cowboys, we need to get rid of Jack Del Rio because he's one of the main culprits. He's just not doing the job. I'm going to take over the defense and we're going to get things turned around until they didn't turn around and they got blown out by the Dolphins. The commander's defense has struggled even before those trades of Sweat and uh, Chase Young. Uh, Listen to this. They had cratered to last place in points allowed. They give up 29.2 points a game, so they give up points to everybody. And 29th in total defense, uh, 32 teams, folks, so you don't have to figure that one out as far as where we rank there. They've given up any guess, Alan, on how many yards per game? It's probably mid-300s. How about 377.7? I was close. Yeah, yards <laughs> per game. And then uh, Rivera uh, figured, hey, let me fire Del Rio, point the finger at him. And then, um, you know, he went to sleep the other night at 3 a.m., woke up a couple hours later, and he said he needed to go in and make the change and then, of course, take it over and make big things happen, which he's incapable of doing. So, Rivera's gone, folks, at the end of the year, I guess. They're not going to do it beforehand. They should and give the the enemy a couple games because odds are he might be in the sights of the Chicago Bears. Rumors are he may go there. 
and good luck if he does. I mean, let's look at it in totality. We need an absolute new coach, a new environment, new group in here with something and hopefully somebody that realizes if you don't have an offensive line, you can't win. So that's the deal there. Magic Johnson wants to win. Josh Harris wants to win. He remembers the days of yesteryear when they were good. And, uh, you know, this team is awful right now. So we will see where it goes with Ron Rivera. Uh, multiple sources are saying that Rivera uh, is at peace with his tenure. Uh, yeah, he should be <laughs> at peace because he's getting paid for doing nothing. Uh, matter of fact, uh, he should be up in the stands eating popcorn for as little as he does on the field. So my take is the time is beyond time for him to go. And the best present we could get for the holidays from Commander's fans is seeing him head out the door uh, with a brand new team and a brand new direction with a brand new staff from top to bottom. And the coach that comes in here, if he says, listen, folks, we're going to build this offensive line into a powerhouse and we're going to take this team and build it from inside out. You've got me. I, I, I'm with you. If you start talking about, hey, we need this free agent, this free agent, and all these guys on the outside without working on what the problem is, then you lost me. Alan? Well, you got me curious, Jamie, because um, I – I'm confused by last week's game. I didn't watch the game last week. I'll, I'll admit that. And I made a post about the the stat line I saw with Tyreek Hill, and I said they've got to be a man-to-man coverage. I think you've seen it. I was like, they got to be a man-to-man. The guy's got like 50 yards of catch. Um, but I'm curious as to why they only threw the ball 23 times when they were down by so much. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and and I'm also curious to see if uh, Eric Bieniemy is using – the Andy Reid elements to the passing game. Because if he is, then it makes no sense that your number one target doesn't get any targets in a game. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So I I don't know what's going on over there. I know it's a lot of dysfunction. And, um, you know, two weeks ago when we had this conversation, I was saying, well, just give the enemy a try. But now I'm just along the lines of just get rid of everybody, start completely over from scratch. Exactly. Here's the deal. You go to a ball game. And while I'm not an NFL coach, one thing I know in a game plan is I've got to think to myself, okay, I've got X, I've got Y, i got Z. I've got certain guys that I have got to get the ball to. And I'll tell you, when I coach, I, you know, I had a 4-2 guy as a wide receiver. I had a big, tall wide receiver and a tight end that, that played like a tight end, but he was a hybrid. He could do anything. So I'm going in the ball game. I know what I have. I know what matchups are. I know what I want to do. I know who I want to get the ball to. Same thing here. you got to say, okay, Terry McLaurin, the highest-paid guy, also – perceivably our top receiver and of course the guy that is our best let's get him the ball multiple times target him eight to ten times at least get the ball in his hands let him do something when you okay it's like a on a grander scale scale going into a game with larry bird and say let's go feed uh you know reggie williams or uh kevin McHale. let's keep the ball there but don't get it to bird keep it away from i mean you got to give your best the chance to make plays and they fail to do that they fail miserably there's no excuse for being after a game say well uh, i don't know uh, and i saw somebody uh the other day post on our site well he has a turf toe well you know what if you can lace it up and get in the game i remember gary clark used to have problems with his ankle and, and with his feet but he showed up every week and he performed at a high level you know, if you're going to wrap it up, tape it up, and you can play on Sunday, even at a diminished amount, you should be able to catch the football and make some plays. And he did not. So that goes to be enemy, in my opinion. I did want to mention this morning, uh, we found out that, and this is egregious, and I can't figure out how it happened, but a former Jacksonville Jaguars financial employee is now accused Allen of stealing more than, not $2 million, 
$22 million from the franchise over a four-year period by manipulating its virtual credit card program, according to documents filed this week in U.S. District Court. The United States Attorney's Office charged Amit Patel with wire fraud and illegal monetary transactions, according, alleging that Patel, who held various titles during his tenure with the Jaguars, including most recently manager of financial planning and analyst, uh, used his position as a sole overseer of the franchise the VCC program to fund lavish personal purchases and cover up his theft. Of course, they say that he bought a Tesla, he bought a condominium, he traveled uh, everywhere, luxury jet travel, luxury hotel stays, a country club membership, uh, luxury wristwatches. Uh, you know, when you take that amount of money uh, or any amount of money, eventually the, it's, the chickens will come home the roost. The bottom line is this. He has done this $22 million. So hopefully he enjoyed himself with that because... Uh, the accommodations he's going to have not, won't be a condominium in Ponte Vedra. It's going to be uh, a very small cell, uh, and with $22 million, I can't imagine what he's facing. And so now, uh, it, and the one thing about it, I guess the Jaguars and their money, you would think an oversight committee, uh, an accounting division, <laughs> maybe, maybe not year one, but year uh, two might say, on, wait Jamie. a minute, we got some money missing, but year four, hey, wait a minute, we got $22 million missing. This is a problem. Do you think the Jaguars are the type of team to keep tabs on things to that nature? Not at all. <laughs> well, like I say, maybe $1 million or $2 million might be hard. 22 to, is excessive. To find 22 should stand out to somebody say, wait a minute, you know, uh, we're missing $22 million. Maybe we should take a closer look. I don't know. Just my take on that. So uh, there we go. Uh Zach Wilson, we remember him. He's been reinstalled as quarterback number one. I know uh, Aaron Rodgers took issue with Diana Rossini, some of her comments, and he didn't call her out, uh, but he did call her out in so yeah. many ways, saying character assassination of the young kid. Uh, Zach Wilson, uh, Aaron Rodgers said, I love the kid. I love what he's about. He's trying his best, and his character is getting assassinated. Your thoughts on this with A-Rod? Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's great to see him standing up for Zach Wilson. Um, I wouldn't have expected that from Aaron Rodgers. But it, for all accounts, it seems like he is nicer to the younger players. Jordan Love had kind things to say about him, too. And and I kind of disagree with the character assassination type thing. Like, you have to understand, there's a lot of animosity uh, because Zach Wilson came in with a lot of high hopes. They drafted him, what, number two overall. He has not lived up to that. And then the idea <clears throat> that he wouldn't step back in and try to help this team any way he could, I think didn't sit right with most people, even though I agree with them. If that's truly how he felt, I wouldn't go back and play for him either. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. New York uh, can be tough. We know yeah. this. Oh, we know that. Uh, Seahawks Jamal Adams stands by his intent in spat with reporters. Uh, he had a spat with the reporter, and, uh, of course, he allowed the go-ahead touchdown uh, got critically written up by a reporter. Afterwards, Adams responded on X, formerly Twitter, by posting a picture of the reporter's wife along with the same con comment that said, yikes. So he was trying to get back at the reporter. They have a history, and uh, he would not apologize for it. But bringing people's family in, I, I can't see him doing it, but he did it. His so. logic was was terrible, too. Uh, his, his logic is, well, I love football, and you came after my uh, love for football, so I'm going to go after your wife. I don't think that adds up. But oh, By the way, Alan, I think you can see this on the, the screen. Thank you once again to 
Big Blue is <laughs> Michigan Wolverines taking care of your boy, and I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Jim Harbaugh. Are you on the scouting department? I did not just steal any signs to okay. get this. <laughs> Stop being critical, Alan. I'm sorry. It may or may not have happened. Allegedly. Remember the word allegedly. Anyway. You're, you're closer to Alabama than anybody else. It makes me wonder. Okay. Hey, uh, do you like those memes, by the way? I sent one to uh, Daryl Mosley, who's a huge Alabama fan. The one where Nick Saban's walking behind the ref with a bunch of money in his hands and the referee's counting the money. Yeah. I'm not saying that there's any impropriety, but you know what it is. Anyway, three days after, speaking of get along and love for the holidays, and you know I'm all about the love, Alan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sideline dust-up that resulted in the ejection of San Francisco 49ers linebacker Dre Greenlaw and Philadelphia Eagles head of security Dom DeSandro. What a great name, Dom DeSandro, as far as a guy that's on your um, team of security. They got together, they exchanged formal apologies, and they're moving on. Uh, it seems like uh, Greenlaw said he seemed like a genuine guy, seemed like a guy everybody loved in the building. So I hate that, honestly, it happened, and there we go. So uh, Eagles... Uh, and uh, the 49ers exchange apologies. Mark Perry says, boo, go OSU. Mark, uh, OSU is home for the holidays. And Ryan Day, once again, for the third time, loses to Jim Harbaugh. But who's counting? We're going to take a break, come back, close it out as we move closer to Christmas. And, of course, the holidays are upon us. We're excited Thursday. Not so excited about this uh, Pittsburgh and New England uh, game. Your thoughts and phone calls, 804-327-0888. Who will win? And also type it in and send your message in across. We'll scroll it and see what you think. Who will win this game tonight? The Patriots with winners of two or the Steelers at the big former ketchup bottle? We'll talk about that and more when we come back on the Sports King on a Thursday. Back. You're listening to a man who is cooler than the other side of the pillow. It's the Sports King on 106.1 ESPN. It does take two, and the two you are stuck with, the Sandman and the Sports King, and um, unbelievable. Some people stopped me. I had a gentleman the other day stop me in a store, and he said, am I really as cool as the other side of the pillow? And I said, of course, absolutely. And I'll be cooler if I can get you a winner tonight in this uh, Steelers-Patriot game. By the way, you can scroll your answers across the screen. Who do you think is going to win this game tonight? The line is six, Steelers and Patriots. And Allen, we talked about the pettiness with Jamal Adams. What about you in the sports world? Anything or – on the human side, anything petty out there you want to refer to? I'm not petty at all. You know, he, he, like, look at me, Jamie. Do I look like the type of person that would be petty? I don't know. Let me ask you. <laughs> I need no, to ask your um, boy Lamar, maybe. <laughs> now, actually, uh, and it's funny, uh, he hasn't commented yet, but nobody calls him Lamar. We call him Drew. I don't. I remember the first time I saw Lamar on the screen, I was like, who is that? But then he had his picture up, and I was like, oh, it's Drew. It's funny. But anyway. So how do you get to Drew from Lamar? I have no idea. Look, in the country, man, we don't really ask where nicknames come from because you don't really want the backstory sometimes. You just run with it, man. I I don't want to know why they call my dad Bear. I just call him that because everybody else does. It's so funny you said that. Um, My best friend back in Virginia, Steve Carey, he uh, is from Widewater, and everybody there has a nickname. So if you say a name there and call them by their proper name, nobody knows who in the hell you're speaking about. But if they say, hey, steamboat or uh 
uh, this name or that, and they're like, oh, yeah, I know who that person is. But, you know, if you say about the proper name, they're like, they look at you like you have three heads. So no, yeah, yeah. If you, if you go home and call my government name, I know you're either the feds, the cops, or somebody I owe money Get to. Get down. <laughs> Get down. Yeah, that's, I think that's why they do it. I think that's exactly why they do it. It's like that uh, Sebastian Maniscalco uh, comedy routine. He said, back in the day, you used to go to the door, everybody wanted to see company. Now it's like, everybody get down. We're not home. We're not home. Play like you're not home. Anyway, so tomorrow we're going to go through. Sadly, we don't have a lot of college. Uh, We do have the NFL. We're going to get into all the games tomorrow. But 3 o'clock Saturday, the Army-Navy game. Who doesn't love that? Uh, early on, uh, Navy 5-5, five and five, Army 5-6. Five and six. Army, who let me down after, of course, doing great things early. I'm going to ride with the midshipmen, and I'm going to give them the check mark. Uh, your thoughts on this game, which is always a classic, and no matter who wins, you know this is a beautiful thing for our country to see these two great, great teams get together and the just beauty and the pageantry of the game. It's second to none, Alan. Yeah, uh, what's the what's the line we're getting here? Uh, the line I do not see one. All right, uh, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Yeah, okay, two and a half. All right. Yeah, that's see. I was gonna say anything over three. I usually take the team that's that's getting the points. But okay. um, I I actually liked Army coming into this game, and I'm I'm gonna stay with them. I think they won last year. Um, and rivalry wise, it's probably split down the middle just about. But it's always fun to watch if you know triple option football. Uh, folks, by the way, don't worry about this as far as the ball being in the air a lot. It's, yeah. uh, one quarterback has seven touchdowns, the other has five. So if you like ground attacks, this is where you want to camp out uh, on Saturday, 3 o'clock, December 9th. This one from Foxborough, right now 43 fun-loving degrees. Army favored, now I see it, by three over under 27 and a half. Capacity 64,628, and there will be a sellout, as it always is. One of the great games for our country. So uh, looking at some of the bowl games, Alan, have you had a chance to look at some of them and some of the matchups early? So I'm I'm along the lines of uh, Matt Joseph that we have here. I like to wait to see how the line moves before I start making plays. But the the biggest line to me that stood out that I, I had to play no soon I saw it was Alabama getting points against Michigan. And I'm not trying to troll you. I just thought that line was was wrong. Um, what did you get it? What did you get it at? I got it at plus two and a half because I knew it would never go over three. And it's down to one on most markets right now. So So you're going against the fighting hardballs. You're going with Nick Saban and company. You think you're a buyer of that team. I'm going to tell you right now, (laughs) Harbaugh and company, they're not going to lose to Alabama. Not that they couldn't, but I really believe their ground attack and that big offensive line is not backing down to anybody. Give me the fighting hardballs in a close one. What about this deal with Liberty? Liberty and uh, their matchup. I mean, they've got quite a matchup uh, coming their way with Oregon. Wow. Talk about stepping up. If Jamie Har, Jamie, I'm thinking hardball. Yeah. If uh, Jamie Chadwell and the Liberty Flames somehow, if they were to keep it close or beat Oregon, you think every Power Five team in the nation is going to want Jamie Chadwell? This is a big opportunity for the Flames. While I don't expect them to win, just from a pure athlete to athlete stand, I, I think it could be a lot closer than the experts predict. Yeah, they're getting what twelve and a half. Almost, it's probably going up. I think it's just people are unfamiliar with with Liberty and Jamie Chadwell. I I expect them to to be in this game. I like the over, um, and I'm going to bet behind Jamie Chadwell every chance I get, just because I support him. Uh, 
real quick on a college note, Stetson Bennett, who had, I don't know if it's psychological, mental health issues, whatever it was, he left the Rams. We haven't heard anything about this guy. I'm very concerned. He, he really completely left? Him. Yeah, I mean, he's, I don't know anything. I haven't heard, it's very quiet about him. And it's a shame because I thought he had a great, great opportunity uh, in front of him. But hopefully, whatever it is, he gets himself together and can come back. So a lot of bowls, Alan. You know, I'm a big guy on the bowl scene. And, of oh, course, yeah. I talked about my 16 out of 17. I'm very good at bowls. So if you think I'm good regular season, wait till you see what happens on bowl. I want to give away more winners starting your new year with cash in your pocket. All we require is 10% tips. Never forget that. And uh, so tonight, Alan, we circle back to the Patriots, and I've given you a whole hour to think about it. You're going to stick with Bailey Zappi in the six points tonight as the Patriots could win their third game of the year. That's exciting for New Englanders, I know. Bailey Zappi. Let's go. Really? I'm in there. Bailey Zappi. Patriots or Steelers, who do you have in this one? It's going to be, I think, a Steeler. But Trubisky, who's behind Trubisky, by the way? No more Josh Dobbs. Could you look that up for me? Is, God is, is behind Trubisky, hopefully. God is, <laughs> God is behind Trubisky. Uh, how about, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but the Mason Rudolph, I know is no longer the guy. Who is the guy behind Trubisky? <clears throat> I am checking now. It is Mason Rudolph. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, and that's what I'm saying. He's been so out of touch, too. He's in, been in witness protection, I guess, because we haven't heard anything about Mason Rudolph. And how did Mason Rudolph get behind Mitch Trubisky? I thought it was the other way. I, I like Rudolph. And remember what happened with uh, the situation with the yeah, Browns? Miles Garrett. <laughs> Miles Garrett hit him over the head with his helmet. Not a, not a good look. But I thought Rudolph, who do you like between those two? Trubisky looked good for a long time ago, but no more. I, I like Mason Rudolph uh, more than Trubisky, but I'm assuming it's, it's got to be something that they saw. Well, I'm not going to go against Mike Tomlin, but I tell you, uh, maybe they have a short leash on him tonight to where they can say, hey, if you don't do the job, we're going to uh, switch it up. Meanwhile, how about this Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift deal? How about this relationship? What do you think, man? <laughs> um, I don't I don't know what to think other than I'm, I'm happy for him, I guess. Just just play football, man. Let me get the old Kelsey back. Hey, he moved into a $6 million mansion, and she moved in, too. So there you go. Anyway, a game-worn Travis Kelsey jersey sold for $37,000. So there you go. Is that the Taylor Swift effect? Oh, it's got to be, for sure. Swifties will buy anything. Love the Swifties. So there you go. Uh, Candace Parker, now she's coming back to the WNBA if she is healthy. We'll see how that goes. And don't forget tonight, uh, the big game. Ugh. Patriots and Steelers from the former Big Ketchup Bottle. Big Al Sports Phones up next. We've got a complete breakdown of NFL tomorrow. Don't miss that. Have a wonderful Wednesday. We'll see you then. Looking for a top 